Hello. Hi. I'm Alex. I'm Val. And we're recording a special episode today. We are. We're going to try something new. Um, this podcast, we, I mean, we had a vague idea what it was going to be like when we first started it, but it's kind of just changing as we go along. Um, and after watching this season, we were talking and realized that it might be interesting to kind of talk about the seasons as a whole once they're done. Because um, definitely, like, we go into the minutiae of the individual episodes and the things that are kind of unique to them, but we never really, we try not to jump too much forward when we're talking about them. So it is kind of nice to look at a season then as a whole. And I don't know, I, you know, I wish we had done this now for, I went for season one and season two. We can always go back. Maybe one day we'll go back. I feel like we would have to watch the seasons all over again. I'm sure we will. Which I'm sure we'll do at some point. But I think going forward, I'd like to try to pay attention to some of these connections over the whole season and talk about them yeah definitely so yeah um i was kind of thinking like the way that i was envisioning it like to be able to talk about certain character arcs and like where characters started off and where characters ended up um to talk about kind of like how the mood of the season shifts Mm. and turns and like some of like the bigger ideas that the season deals with as a whole yeah um and then maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see where that takes us. I think I don't that's know. a good idea. Okay. Well, I mean, I think there are definitely some kind of key players in this season. So yeah. I mean, maybe we could kind of discuss them. I mean, obviously, Tony is yeah. always kind of at the center of every season. Um, so just thinking about kind of like where he starts in the season and where he ends yeah. up. So, I mean, in the first episode, we have the FBI kind of tracing his moves and and kind of having this threat of putting in so a surveillance system in the lamp in his house. Right. So he's he obviously has a threat coming from there. And I feel like he has a threat coming from a lot of different places at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. We have Patsy actually coming with the potential of killing him. Right. Um, at this point, his mom is still alive. Right. And, um, and, and she, you know, like we end the season before with her, you know, not telling information, right? Well, there's like another threat actually from Livia with the FBI because they want her to testify yeah. against him. Yeah, yeah. So he's in a bit of a precarious situation, but he doesn't even know it. Yeah. None of these things he knows. He's just gained a bunch of power, right? Like, you know, he yeah. is, well, he, I mean, he, that happened a while ago, but he is, you know, since Junior's sick, he's the head of the mob ostensibly also kind of i guess like neutralized a threat in pussy right exactly yeah so he's kind of you know like he yeah he there are these threats but he is kind of on a high um and then he experiences this really deep thing which is his mother dying um he deals with it in a pretty tony way um we don't see all the time like the depth of how that's impacted him. Right. Um, but we do kind of come to a bit of a conclusion on that throughout the course of the season. So I don't know. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, you know, by the end of the season, we have him, you know, whereas he wasn't really able to deal with the impact that his mother, the threat his mother was to him or the impact that her mothering had on him throughout his life. Yeah. Um, he was really with like in his sessions with Melfi, he was really, really hesitant to discuss that at all or acknowledge that at all. And after his relationship with Gloria, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit 
too, he's actually able to come to terms with who exactly his mother was and to kind of like see the, um, I don't know, the depth of the destruction that she was capable of by being able to see it through another person. Yeah, and I think that those things are even kind of related. Like his mother dying and him seeking out Gloria could totally. even have a relationship. Like he's seeking out a character who kind of like fills the void of who his mother was yeah. for him. Yeah. And I think he kind of discovers things about himself through realizing that Gloria is like kind of a substitute for Olivia. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like his mood throughout the season, he, I mean, he s- describes it himself. Like he's happy. Like she makes him happy at first. Um, yeah. And it is this maybe like familiarity or I don't know, excitement, I mm-hmm. guess. Like crazy. Or just crazy like a shallow are. draw. Like he's yeah. just like drawn to like. Yeah. She has nice legs and yeah. she's Italian. She's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty interesting. He really like, uh, um, I don't know. We see him in some quite sweet moments. Like we see him grappling mm-hmm. with Meadow, not you know being upset with him over the No Tenenbaum yeah. situation, right? So he like, and that clearly impacts him. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really deal with it in any kind of productive way, but it definitely has an impact. Um, we see him buy Carmela some expensive jewelry. Yeah, I feel like Tony kind of goes through, like, an array of emotions and moods throughout the season. Like, it's actually a little bit all over the place. Like, Mm. he's very angry at times. He also Mm. feels happy at times. I mean, I guess it's human to feel that he would have Mm. these different emotions. But it is, like, rather extreme, actually. It's kind of, like, alternating from poles or something. Or, like, extreme emotions are kind of, like, swinging. Yeah. In a semi-unstable way, I feel, throughout the season. Yeah, I don't know. I feel him more, I don't, like, I'm trying to think of, it's hard to do this, by the way. Um, I'm trying to think of times where he was, like, really angry. And, of course, there were times like that. But I feel like a lot of it was, like, in protection of, like, protecting or, like, trying to protect Tracy or being really upset about what happened to Tracy or, you know, trying to be protective of Meadow with the stuff with Jackie Jr. Um... I don't know, like, there's more of a, it's an emotional reaction to these to these things yeah. that are coming up, but they're more tied into, like, very human concerns or, like, concerns for people rather than just being, like, angry for no reason. Right, of course, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Or just, like, mean for no reason, right, yeah. which we've seen him be before. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it, but. Yeah. Um. We also then, by the end of, and you brought it up for the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. right? We have the FBI, who's this really large threat. They've infiltrated the house. We have that great, like, spy kind of episode. Yeah. Um, we have the FBI spying on all sorts of characters, right, in order to get the um, lamp placed in the yeah. basement. They're spying on Carmela and Adriana at their tennis lesson. They're spying on Meadow, who's newly at college. And meeting her roommate. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about Meadow also. But by the end of the season, it's interesting because we like we see the FBI watching Carmela and Adriana at this tennis lesson. By the end of the season, it's Adriana who's actually potentially a really big threat. Right. And it's interesting because like I feel like Tony kind of neutralizes all the threats that exist to him at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But then where they leave the season is establishing a new threat, actually coming from kind of the same player, the yeah. FBI. But there's kind of this arc of we're we're nervous for Tony, 
and we feel like a lot of bad things could happen to him from multiple actors and then they're all kind of dealt with in the course of the season and then they set up season four saying well now there's something new Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of something central to the show is that a character like tony or all the people in the mob are constantly going to be having threats from all sorts of different directions Mm -hmm. and even if they can neutralize them there's always going to be a new one yeah so well i like that it's meadow who neutralizes the original fbi threat right yeah (laughs) She didn't even know what she was doing. <laughs> like, they didn't even know about it. Yeah. So what about uh, Meadow in terms of the season? Yeah. Because no, I think a lot happens to her. A lot. Do- I mean... It's pretty... It's it's so weird to, like, think about the beginning of this season being Mr. Ruggiero's neighborhood. Yeah. Like, and I think that's why this is maybe, like, a useful exercise. Mm-hmm. Because we see her, like, just leaving for college, meeting her new crazy roommate. Um getting you know in the second episode i think right getting into her relationship with noah tenenbaum mm-hmm. um that being you know her grappling with her parents reactions to that and yeah. stuff like that as the season goes on grappling with the mental health of her roommate yeah um coming to terms with a lot of things about her parents relationship like as yeah. she kind of like learns more about the world um and reads you know really academic kind of books about yeah I don't know, the social contract or whatever. Um, Social compact, I think, as they said. uh, And then we didn't know that term. So I think in an episode we thought maybe that was like a... Yeah, um, a mistake, mis- a malapropism, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But then, upon some further reading, I think it's cool. I think people just say that here. Yeah. Anyway, I'll Canadian. still say the Apologies. social contract. Yeah, we are very sorry. Um, but you know, she and she conf- she confronts them on these things. She confronts Tony on his racism. She confronts Carmela on her kind of hypocrisy in her relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of new. Is I mean, it's very new for Meadow to be that kind of voice of a certain, I don't know, like, I don't know, the the space that she gained by going through college, I think, uh, going to Columbia allowed her some insight. Yeah, I mean, I think that. she's maturing, she's becoming an adult, yeah. and the central question for her is, like, how far will she land away from the family, yeah. or will she be drawn and back we, into yeah. the orbit? And we at first see her kind of go, like, really far afield, right, yeah. with, with Noah Tenenbaum, like, yeah. that's, like, the opposite of... Right anyone in her yeah. life and in the Sopranos family. And then, you know, based on, you know, a lot of factors, based on him being a total dickwad and based on Tony being a huge racist, <laughs> she kind of does swing back towards yeah. something that's very, very close yeah. to where she came Again, from. Again, kind of like an extreme swing. Yeah. Yeah, to these, like, opposite poles. Um, when she gets together with Jackie Jr. Um, and it's kind of reactionary in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Like in all kinds of senses, like personality type and background and the work mm-hmm. they're involved in and what their par- her parents think of them and all these kind of things. Um, but then we see her at the end of this season. Um, well, she's gone through a lot. Like in terms of, lot. if we compare Meadow at the end of season three to the beginning of season three, I mean, she's a completely different person because she's been put through some very traumatic events. Yeah. Um, we see her like kind of becoming a little bit more childlike at the end, right? When she's at the um the wake right or the fun at the funeral after party yeah and she's throwing bread at junior yeah right and she's getting wasted mm-hmm. and um singing well, and running singing away from the family one more time and running too. away yeah. yeah like so we, so actually at the beginning we actually have her like coming home a lot to do laundry and yeah. she is kind of like a child and yeah. then by the end she actually kind of has some agency and actually like yeah. running away from the family event. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, I forget exactly where we start back off with Meadow in season four. But... Tune in for our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> which we'll be recording later tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Anything else about Meadow you wanted to? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think I think that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, I just think that she goes through a lot, and by the end of the season, um, she's a much more adult character, and, and she has, like, a pretty significant arc that happens in season three. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's a significant time in her life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and Well, especially when your boyfriend gets murdered. <laughs> yeah, especially. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also just, like, yeah, like, that first bit of freedom that she's having from the family and how she responds to it and how yeah. that affects her emotionally. It's And we don't even, I mean, it's not even, it's, like, just after Christmas when the yeah. season ends, right? Yeah. Um, so that's only her first semester of college, right? right. That's a pretty, pretty extraordinary short. amount of things to fit into that short amount of time. That's an interesting thing about this season, too, is how clearly they delineate time. Time, yeah. yeah. Um... The other character that I, I mean, there's, maybe there's a couple other, Melfi and Carmela were the two other ones that I was really interested in talking about. Um, and I know we have a few others probably mm-hmm. that we want to touch on too. Um, in terms of Melfi, it's not, I don't have a ton to say about yeah. it, but, you know, we definitely get like a very key Melfi episode in this season with Employee of the Month. Yeah. But we kind of see her go from, you know, like, she, uh, you know, before the start of season three, she's taken back Tony as a client. She's like dealt with, you know, that kind of um, responsibility that she feels for him. And I think she's kind of come to terms at that point that she's like not really that responsible for Tony. Right. Yeah. We have her having those dreams about the car crash and things like that that she's yeah. grappling with. Um, and then, of course, we and but she's but like in her sessions with Tony, we kind of see her being the same old like she's not really pushing Tony yeah. at all. Um, she's kind of, you know, still letting him say the things he says and not right. really challenging him. Um, and then we have employee of the month where she experiences the rape and, you know, and coming out of that, too, and, you know, grappling with her own family and her son and her ex, mm-hmm. ex-husband slash current boyfriend, Richard LaPetta. Um, and I think she, and she come she, you know, feels like she needs protection from Tony, mm-hmm. she, like which I don't think she really has ever felt before. Right. She's been scared of Tony. Yeah. But I don't think she really ever saw him before as this protective figure. She chooses not to. Yeah utilize that and makes that choice and we see like a lot of her sessions you know grappling with that choice but then we see her after that i think like start to challenge tony like she starts to work with tony and carmela mm-hmm. which was an interesting choice like that just kind of pops up after that yeah um and so maybe because of that she sees tony better i'm not sure but she starts to challenge him a little bit more. But it's she starts to challenge him more around the time of his relationship with Gloria. And we know that they would never have met if it hadn't been for Melfi's mistake. Um, I do question, like, if subconsciously she made that mistake on right. purpose. Right, That, like, because it, as it turns out, like we said, like, the character of Gloria was really useful for Tony, right, to kind of understand. Right the type of people that he draws into his life and this, yeah. like, archetype of his mom. Yeah. Um, and that's when we do see Melfi start to, like, really challenge him on some yeah. of his thought patterns and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know. So that's interesting. She, you know, we do see her 
kind of fade a little bit into the background in the seasons to come. She's yeah. not as big of a character. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Employee of the Month is like the apex of Melfi's arc. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of kind of like rising action up until that point. And then the last moment of that episode when she says no and decides to not call on Tony yeah. is like a definitive moment for her where she starts to actually be pulled away from his orbit. Up until that point, I feel like she's completely mm. entangled mm. in everything that surrounds Tony. And mm. I think it's actually kind of bringing her down. But I think that for the rest of the show, she's actually kind of like made this definitive split. And now that she's kind of outside of it, I feel like she actually does challenge Tony more and she's less concerned and kind of brought down by everything that Tony does. Right. And I think that she's actually kind of like a less central character to the whole show after that point. Yeah. I feel that she kind of almost fades away. Yeah. Because she's actually made, consciously made that split from Tony, which is something that almost nobody does in the whole show. Yeah. And so I feel like as an audience, we can kind of respect that and see that she did something with some integrity, which is definitely a rarity in Sopranos world. Um, But it also makes her less kind of tied up in all the drama that's yeah. happening. Well, interestingly, like, we start to hear Tony say things like, it's the therapy, it's really working. Like, he says that a bunch of times throughout right. this season, right? Yeah. Like, um, And his mood is different, right? He becomes this kind of, like, when he's with Gloria, this kind of, like, happy wanderer type. Right. You for know, a bit. For, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, you know, if, like, the one thing that Tony was going to get out of therapy was recognizing who his mother was, then she did kind of, like, accomplish her goals. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting to see her, like, do something different with Tony because she really was just, like, doing the same stuff for a long time. Yeah. Um, and not really pushing him, so. Yeah, and I feel like her demeanor even changes. Like, you can kind of see it, like. Yeah. The therapy sessions have kind of a different tone to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, like, she... You know, she w- did look to Tony for that, like I said, like that protective yeah. f- creature, <laughs> um, the dog in the dream, yeah. you know. Um, but then I think, you know, did come to terms with that, like that's not who is there to protect her mm-hmm. and that she's powerful. She, I don't know, by the end of the season, she comes across as, as very powerful yeah. to me. And I think she's starting to see Tony for who he really is. Yeah. And maybe, like I said, maybe that's part of like having Carmela there. I'm not sure. But yeah. 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 Interesting. I mean, I think, yeah, also like what happens in this season is characters like Carmela and Melfi, like we get to see their therapy sessions. I feel like they're really deepening the characters mm. outside of Tony. Mm-hmm. Like the ensemble is really honing in on many more people than just Tony Soprano. Yeah. And we're starting to like fully flesh out characters. Yeah. And really have an idea of their psychology, which is yeah. something that the show didn't really get into until this point. Yeah. Well, we had seen some Melfi sessions before, but we definitely hadn't seen Carmela sessions. No. And so I guess, like, Carmela for me this season also has a really interesting arc and development. Um, you know, she, in a lot of ways, is almost in crisis, right? Like, Meadows left yeah. the home, which is kind of disorienting mm-hmm. or... Um, you know, really challenging for her to not have that level of control yeah. over the thing that is her thing, right? Which is the home and the kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, she's a homemaker, right? Yeah. It right. Must, it must be a very nice home. Um, that's what she does. And so, like, she no longer has Meadow there. 
Uh, and then, like we talked about earlier, like she also does have Meadow challenging her on some things that you know she never really felt challenged by Meadow on before. Yeah. Um, like the nature of her and Tony's relationship. Um, and she's also and so like with those you know challenges from Meadow, and then also you know some other things that happen in the se- in the season, like Tony buying her expensive jewelry. Um, and having her suspicions and going to her own psychotherapy, right? Like she's really grappling with these issues of um, like what's her motivation in this relationship, right? And right. and um, how do I say it? Like how does she kind of reconcile the quid pro quo? Or I don't know what kind of word mm, I'm looking for, I but like you. how does she reconcile this like exchange of goods i guess you could call it between her and tony and um you know does her gain justify the cost and the cost of it is you know people and people's lives and um and she sees that and she knows that but she still makes the choice to continue in that exchange right yeah um i think her session with krakower Mm -hmm. is that him is one of the best carmella moments in this season yeah um you know, we see her. We see her seek. Out, we see her like go to a lot of people for support. We see her go to Father Phil. Not this season. Yeah. But in past seasons, we see her kind of seek out that. Although he, she goes to that other priest. Yeah. This season. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Father Phil is this season. I don't know what happened. Yeah. To well, him, I think but... she's investigating like other avenues. And actually, that other priest gives her like very convenient advice. Yeah. Well, they all do. Even more. Yeah. Than Father Phil. I mean, it's really yeah. yeah. Catering and to he's looking at her rings and stuff like that. Yeah, um, but you know, and then she see like she goes to Melfi on her own and is like seeking you know something from Melfi and she gets referred to Krakor. She goes to her mob wife friends. Yeah, um, she goes to in some ways for Meadow. Like she actually asks Meadow that one time, being like, "Okay, tell me what you think about your dad and I." Yeah, right. Um, and then we see her also make this shift into. Be like I don't know, becoming herself or taking a step back or from her reliance on Tony by getting that real estate book. Right. Um, she doesn't like actually fully make moves at this point, but it no. is kind of like, yeah, it is kind of foreshadowing for her kind of yeah, making some moves to have some more autonomy. Yeah, I don't know if she like knows that she's hypocritical or not. Like I don't know if she would like identify herself as that. Like she's definitely grappling with. Issues like it's interesting with Meadow, right? Because like Carmela comes out and and you know in a very passive aggressive mm-hmm. way passes commentary on both of Meadow's relationships this season, yeah, right? But like fails to kind of critique heavily her own, yeah. Or she's working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she's suspicious of Tony still all the time. That's something she lives with all the time. She never finds out about Gloria, yeah. Although she questions like what's going on. Yeah. Because she receives big jewelry. Right. Um, I don't know. It's really it's yeah. really interesting where we're left. Yeah. I mean, I think throughout the course of the season two, one important thing for Carmela is her assessing and reflecting on Meadows' relationships, mm-hmm. like with Noah Tenenbaum and Jackie Jr., and being unhappy with both of them, mm-hmm. even though they're mm-hmm. so different mm-hmm. in different ways. Like, there's some complexity to that. Like, her dealing with... Meadow being with Jackie Jr. At first, it seems like, well, that's great. He's coming closer to home. But then realizing that probably isn't what she actually wants yeah. for her daughter. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. It's really, yeah. And 
seeing herself in Meadow, but then seeing Meadow as someone other than herself yeah. too, you know? And 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 AJ, right? Like so like AJ is the other I mean, he doesn't have too many things that go on for him, but there's a couple um, interesting ones though. But she is by the end of the season, like really consumed with AJ and trying yeah. to find the right thing for him, right? Yeah. So And that's actually kind of provoking a split between her and Tony. Yeah. Like a pretty major one. They have a very different philosophy about a what parenting. AJ should be doing yeah. in parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also kind of setting up some drama in, in subsequent seasons in terms of like their split and disagreements within the family mm-hmm. and kind of focusing more on that. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in general, this season actually, even though it did kind of flirt with some major mob drama events, mm-hmm. like in the beginning, like the Garbage Wars and the Esplanade and stuff, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's kind of an introspective season. Totally. And I think that the things that are really examined are these interpersonal relationships and, and family ties and totally and all those things. Yeah. Who else did you want to? Well, what about, I mean, AJ, just briefly, one thing that I thought was really interesting about him is that they established that he also has panic attacks in episode three on the football field. Right. And so when you think about kind of like where he starts, that's a pretty major event that they kind of introduce that. And then at the end of the season in episode 13, he has another panic attack, which means that his family finds out because it happens in front of them. Right. It had been held back from them. And... That means that he can't go to military school. Right. So, and actually, AJ does have quite an arc in this yeah. season. I mean, he, he gets out kicked with out Lady of school. Gaga. He hangs out with Lady Gaga. He gets kicked out of his school. Yeah. Um, almost like twice, really. Yeah. Like he's suspended and then he's expelled. And then he's kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's kind of on this like ne'er do well path. Yeah, and we see him reflected in Jackie Jr. Yeah, and as there's well. definitely a tie between AJ and Jackie Jr. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting considering what happens to Jackie Jr., which is a pretty excellent segue to talk about him. Sure. So <laughs> this is basically like, you know, all of Jackie Jr. happens in this season. Yeah, it's pretty much I a think we see arc. him we see him once before season three. We do see him like in passing. It's yeah. it's almost like weird to see those scenes after you've seen the whole show earlier on because he's just he like actually a... almost he almost has a different personality mm. or or something. Mm-hmm. I mean he doesn't. Like it's mm-hmm. it's expanded in this season, but it's just yeah. so much more detailed. Well, maybe in they didn't know three. what they were gonna do with Jackie Jr. in the beginning either. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, you kinda get that feeling. Yeah. But he still has this kind of like hot headed trying to be ahead of where he actually is. Yeah. Combative, trying to kind of posture in the mob yeah. attitude even before season three. In well, the few have, scenes where yeah. we do see him. Well we have him now like I guess like a, the thing different about this season is he actually has a better access point, right? Like through, through Ralph. Ralphie. Yeah. Um, like of course he always had like his name, right? And like, but you know, we don't really meet him before Jackie Senior dies, right? Like yeah. so he never, you know, was able and he was young at that point. Mm-hmm. He never really had access to it. And now through Ralphie, who just doesn't give a crap about anybody, mm-hmm. um, kind of allows him to, you know, introduces him to some of the mob people and gets him a gun and mm-hmm. sets him up with these jobs that don't go well and yeah, these ideas, you know, um, to be part of his crew and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then we see, you know, like we see him have this relationship with Meadow. I don't really know what his motivations were really behind that. I know they like they do have some family history and stuff like that, yeah. but I can't help but see it also as kind of a power play of some sort too. Some on some level, yeah. You I know. Think so that's part of it. Um 
But we see him like really try and fail at almost every turn yeah. in everything that he tries to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does have like some semi-endearing moments where he's with Meadow and you kind of, I mean, mm, it's hard yeah. to know even if there's any like, like honesty in it. Honesty behind it, you yeah. know, like when, when Meadow crashes the car or whatever. Yeah. They do kind of humanize him, but at the end of the day, he's just such a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> But and, and then he meets Omar. Yeah, at the very end. Yeah. But it, it's interesting, you know, like that his entire arc does take place through season three and it does kind of show you like what is the what is the path of kind of like a mob, somebody who's both a mob insider and outsider mm. kind of at the same time. Mm. Like he has this connection, but he's from a younger generation. Mm -hmm. And even though he's an access point through Ralph, he's really not connected to what's happening, even though he really wants to be. Yeah. And everybody just kind of shits on him and doesn't respect him. Yeah. And you see somebody kind of like trying to break through that, but yeah. then just getting completely annihilated yeah. as a result. Yeah. Um, interesting too, actually, with Ralphie. I mean, Ralphie's another character who is everything we know of yeah, everything yeah. we know about him has happened just in season three. He's introduced here. And you know, it's it's interesting because I think they really set him up to be a, a major antagonist and player in season yeah. four. We see him like slowly gaining power mm -hmm. over the course of the season. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because this season's, I think we talked about this in one of the episodes, they set up the season, you kind of feel like Ralphie is the new antagonist, which is interesting coming from Richie in season two because there's a kind of a lot of commonalities between them. Mm -hmm. So it feels like an extension of that. But season three actually kind of breaks down in that Ralphie really isn't the like the full no. antagonist of the season yeah in fact like in the beginning he kind of is and you know and you have like university kind of like yeah, as an as apex of that yeah but then it kind of recedes and we actually have other kind of players come in that are more antagonistic to everybody on the whole yeah yeah no it is interesting yeah it's funny like it's it's really weird to look back on a season where a character was just introduced right and to mm -hmm. like kind of see how it how just much feels you like feel he was like always you know there. them yeah exactly yeah. Um, I mean, he's comp he's complicated. Like, you know, the stuff in university with Tracy is some of the most, um, I mean, hard to watch television yeah. in the season. And he's like one of the more despicable characters that yeah. we meet. Um, but we also see him really like grappling with his insecurities and mm -hmm. his, you know, his desire to be something bigger than he is yeah. and how he... Um, deals with that. You know, we see, like, once he's made captain, we actually do see him almost, like, breathe a little bit of relief. Like, yeah. um, he's not fucking that up yet. No. Too badly. No, I mean, he's always a good earner. He's like a good this, earner. Yeah. <laughs> As he likes to say. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone else we wanted to... Well, I think Adriana's really interesting because yeah. if you think about her progression throughout the season, like, when it starts off, you know, she's playing tennis with Carmela, but, I mean... On the whole, she's actually very disconnected. Are they from... engaged yet at that point? When do they get engaged? Oh, great question. Aww. When does that happen? Okay, well, it's when we just came no, back. No, it from... is it is during this season because then she quits her job at the restaurant. Okay. Right? Yeah. We do this after uh, we took a break at the holidays and then we came back and we're going right into it. So some of the small details. I know eluding me yeah. right now but that's okay you can write us if we've made any huge mistakes yeah. <laughs> we've offended you um but what's interesting with adriana is like at the beginning of the season she's pretty far from the kind of like center of money the and world. power yeah. and 
yeah, and drama that's happening around the mob. And then as the season goes on, she's actually really drawn into it. Well, now she has Crazy Horse. She has her own club. And I mean, she's actually a target of the FBI. Right. Um, so that doesn't really bode well for everybody because she is so much more... There's so much. She has so much more proximity to the actual kind of comings yeah. and goings of the mob family. Especially, yeah, I think especially with her, you know, engagement to Chris mm-hmm. and having the club. Yeah, and if you think about like in the beginning for Christopher as a character, and it's not a major season for him. I mean, mm-hmm. even though there is Pine Barrens and you have yeah. like that major episode. I'm so excited for a major Chris season. Yeah, soon. me too. But you know, what's interesting is like at the beginning of the season, he's not made. Yeah. So if you think about his struggles and his desires at the beginning, he's aiming for something that happens in season three. Yeah. And and that changes the implications, too, of where Aid is. Yeah, totally. And if you look at her from the beginning to the end, actually, there's a huge difference in terms of where she kind of stands in the hierarchy of the mob mm-hmm. and, and the power that mm-hmm. she kind of possesses. No, or at totally. least the proximity to power. Totally. And we, I, mean, I mean, just in terms of Chris, like, we do start to see him, like, after getting made, he still has this part of his personality where he challenges Tony. And challenges kind yeah. of like how things have always been. Yeah. Um, which is a strong part of his character. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think there's a lot of death in this season. Yeah, and like illness. Yeah, death and illness. I mean, we have Livia dying. We have Bobby Sr. dying. We have Tracy dying. We have Jackie Jr. dying. We, we have, have like... Junior's cancer, getting a second opinion. Yeah, we have like Patsy, like a seeming, like there's a threat from Patsy of, you know, coming to kill Tony. There's right. there's a lot of, yeah. I mean, there's you, always a lot of death, but the, I mm-hmm. think a lot of episodes like really focused on the... There's a lot of it looming over the characters, yeah. I think, in this season. Like a lot of this season is about characters coping with death mm-hmm. of various people. Mm-hmm. And like potential death Mm -hmm. like yeah well i think we see that reflected like even in pine barrens too right Mm -hmm. that we're like we're dealing with kind of like the eternal or we're dealing with um like these boundaries between life and death right and same with illness like in illness we're also like dealing with these kind of boundaries between life and death and i Mm -hmm. think like i might have talked about that with bobby in pine barrens that he's like a character that has like like kind of healthfully deals with death of his yeah. father, right? And helps Junior through this illness, which yeah. is right on that kind of cusp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see, I mean, we'll definitely see more death <laughs> in the series. Chances but are. I, but I do think there's also like, and we didn't maybe discuss it as much, but like there were a lot of episode titles at least that yeah. dealt with like religious Religion, aspects, yeah. right? Like he, he is, is risen. risen to save us all from Satan's power. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that wasn't, that's been like more, like a stronger theme in some other seasons maybe. Um, but this concept of um, being saved or being mm. risen, right, is kind of that like, you know, how to, like what happens when we move from different worlds to the other kind right. of thing. Like, right. um, quite spiritual. Yeah. Um, I think the stakes get higher in this season. Like we talked about the kind of like trilogy of violent episodes, episodes four, five, six, yeah. Employee of the Month, Another Toothpick in University. Yeah. Like I feel like we're kind of brought into the realities of what actually happens in this world mm-hmm. and how violent it actually is mm-hmm. and what the impact is on a lot of different people. Yeah. And how pe- a lot of people, you know, are killed or, yeah, yeah. kind of brought down. By... There was definitely, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, I was just gonna say there's kind of like two arcs in this or two peaks of the season mm. really, right? In terms if we're gonna look at kind of like yeah. the violence, right? We have we have that one in episodes four, five, six, and then the last two episodes, right? A Morfu and Army of One. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we also have this other kind of peak of violence, but the rest of it is like... What do we have as violence in the very end? Well, like Jackie Jr. getting killed. Yeah. Um, you know, the violence of... It's not like killing, but like the violence of Tony against Gloria yeah. when she, you know... Yeah. Um, we have these very like dramatic, emotional um, scenes. Yeah, I don't know. totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we have these ones, you know, in like these ones that are dealing with illness, death, like those kind of fall, um, fall between these really violent peaks, right? It's like, even though yeah. we're not dealing with like the violence of death or like, like graphic nature of death, that we're always kind of dealing with it, um, yeah. even in these kind of like, what's the opposite of a peak? I don't know. A Valley, trough. a trough. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're still like grappling with those issues during those times as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, I think about poor, um, what's her face? What's her face? Oh, shoot. Who are we talking why about? Why am I trying to think? Why, why can't I remember? <laughs> Who's Jack, what's her Jackie face? Jr.'s mom. Oh, Rosalie. Rosalie, thank you. <laughs> I had Gloria in my what's head again. Face? For some reason, they... They kind of look similar. They look a little bit alike for me yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, she's now lost everybody, yeah. basically. Like, all she has left is Ralphie. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like, we, we get exposed to her grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of characters. Yeah. Grief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, and grief is definitely a central theme, too, in terms of how do characters deal with um, Livia's death. Yeah. And in some ways, like, it's interesting. Like, they don't. They don't deal with it the way that you like I would deal with death, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they deal with it in very unexpected ways. Yeah. And same with, with illness, right? They deal yeah. with, like everyone has their own way of grappling with illness. Yeah. Um, you know, we have Junior, you know, getting upset with people who are kind of coddling him and treating him gently. Yeah. You know, but like that's how some people like that's their reaction to that, right? Yeah. Is to be nurturing and to be kind. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't respond. It's interesting. Yeah. It's just interesting. One other thing that happens in this season two is in episode three, we have the breakthrough with Melfi of Tony associating the meat with, oh, with right. violence. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is interesting because I think that like meat starts to, I mean, it's always showing up in this show, but there's actually like deliberately like a focus on meats in the show. Yeah. For instance, like when Gloria actually throws the steak at Tony's yeah. head, I feel like it's like hitting him in the head. It's like as obvious as we're going to see like a relationship to that yeah. epiphany. But yeah, just like looking out for that, they formally kind of acknowledge that relationship in this show and that yeah. symbolism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is something that happens in this, in this season and is something to kind of like look out for. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I didn't even think of that. Um, Pine Barrens College, like, sorry, not college, like Pine Barrens in terms of its relationship to college, yeah. university in terms of its relationship to, to college, college, like also. these yeah. kind of standalone episodes that mm-hmm. propel the story forward that I think is kind of like what Sopranos does best and may probably better than anything else that's ever come along. Yeah. There's a lot of, and also like employee of the month. I feel like mm-hmm. they really capitalize on that structure in this season. There's a lot of standard episodes in this yeah, season. Yeah, there's a lot of standard episodes. I think a lot of people think of it as one of the, you know, top seasons for that reason. Yeah. But when you think about those episodes, they kind of have self-contained stories mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And but, yeah. but in the in the same way of that like in the same way that those episodes are standalone, that those I think are also what made me want to look at season 3 as a whole. Yeah. Um, because I've never really been able to determine what my favorite season is. Yeah, I mean, um, they're also great. They're, I mean, yeah, it's like, why? Why bother? Yeah. Um, I like season six of Dexter. 
the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> and season six of Lost, actually. Both oh, yeah, just like the end of Lost <laughs> is probably my favorite season of Sopranos. Um, it's just so much better than everything they do here. But yeah, no, I think, I don't know, I think this is useful. It's helped me to kind of frame yeah. season three and then go, like, now we're going to go and watch episode one of season four. Yeah. So um, we'll be back with the season recaps for all the subsequent seasons. Well, let us know. How about this? Yeah. <laughs> you can let us know if this is something that you want to hear about. Um, or Alex and I could just talk about it by ourselves, not on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and the question is, depending on when you're listening to this, will season one and two have a recap? They yeah. won't until we're done, but maybe they will in sometime maybe. in the future. Maybe. Wow. Deep. I mean, Layers not, of time. it's not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's not deep at all. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Um, hope you had a good holiday season and happy new year. It's January 1st, 2019 for us. So yeah, here we are. Here we are. Have a good one. Happy new year.